0: invite you to join me in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Actually, I'm going to throw a curveball at Stephen. Uh, I'm going to begin reading uh, this passage with chapter 10, verse 40, uh, to give us uh, co- the context. Actually, I'm going to back that up. Excuse me, I'm going to back it up even more uh, to chapter 10 verse uh, 37. And Jesus is right here speaking to those who purpose to kill him. The Jewish leadership who is already conspiring against him. If I do not do the works of my father, John ten thirty-seven. if I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, Though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand, and he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all things that John spoke about this man were true, and they believed in him there. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling you for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up, quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus said, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs." If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you, do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not the that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority or initiative. But being high priest that year, he prophesied. He prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then, from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. And the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the for. Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they, as they stood in the temple. What do you think? That he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it, that they might seize him. Whew. What do we see? What is the dynamic here? It is the dynamic that we live in. One of the realities about Christianity, historic realities about Christianity and authentic Judaism, is that it is the only religion that invites investigation. It is the only religion that offers evidence. If you question Muhammad Muslims will put you to death if you question Buddha Buddhists will put you to death if you question Mao's tongue the Chinese communists will put you to death <laughs> you are not allowed to question or test every other religious position the planet has ever known except Christianity invites you to test, invites you to look at the evidence, because it presents evidence upon evidence upon evidence. Jesus did who knows how many miracles, probably well over a thousand, if not more than that, thousands of miracles. John the apostle only presents seven miracles. Only present seven signs because as I, and I've i said this before, I'm, repetition is the price of learning. So you've heard this before, you're going to hear it again. If seven isn't enough for you, if these seven aren't enough for you, 77 wouldn't be enough. 777 wouldn't be enough. What are these seven? Chapter one, Jesus turns water into wine. He heals the noble, the Wealthy man's son from afar. He heals the man at the pool of Bethesda who has been infirm for 38 years. He feeds the 5,000, five loaves of barley bread and two fish, and he feeds over 5,000 people. And it says, and they were filled, and they collected the leftovers in 12 baskets then he walked on water. Then he healed the man born blind. It had never been heard of in all of human history that a man born blind received his sight. And yet Jesus did that sign. And in the face of every one of these, and now this seventh sign, the resurrection of Lazarus, they sought to kill him. The Jewish leadership sought to kill him, sought to kill him. Why? Because he is a threat. He is a threat to their criminal enterprise called that den of thieves. That temple enterprise that had become, they had turned what God had installed and created and turned it into a money machine that had been functioning that way for two or three centuries. And at the beginning of his public ministry and again at the end, Jesus cleansed that temple. He cleansed that temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers. He ran the lambs and cows out of the temple precincts. He handed the caged doves back to the owners and said, get out of here. This is to be a place of worship. He is a threat to their criminal enterprise. And to the Pharisees, their self-righteousness. God offers his righteousness as a free gift. When we come to faith in Christ, what did Jesus accomplish on the cross? He was, as John the Baptist said, he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When he was nailed to that wooden altar, God the Father poured out on God the Son become flesh. He poured out on him all of the of uh, an eternity in the lake of fire due to the human race poured it out upon him until Jesus cried out to tell us die paid in full it is finished he had paid off the sin debt of the human race then he dismissed his spirit into the hands of the father and that gives god the father complete freedom to forgive us his son has paid the debt for our sin that's what gives him that right What do we see here in John chapter 11? We see the opposition. We see this dynamic that we've seen in John's Gospel. But you talk about a heightened testimony. Lazarus was known. Bethany was just two miles from Jerusalem. Bethany, Lazarus was a wealthy man. His sisters were well known. He and his sisters were well known. They are four days after his death. These prominent Jewish men are still present at their estate, comforting these two sisters. Lazarus and his two sisters were loyal, dedicated followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They trusted in him. Word came to Jesus, our brother is about to die. Why does Jesus delay? He has a goal. He has a testimony. Have you ever prayed to God and then wondered why you didn't get the answer you wanted according to the time that you wanted? Well, maybe God has a better plan (laughs) than we do. If Jesus had gone immediately and healed the not-yet-dead Lazarus, Well, that would have been one of hundreds, if not thousands of such healings. Lazarus died. He's dead. When Jesus says, okay, now we're returning, he says to the apostles, he's dead. Now we're returning. We're going to that place of danger. I'm not afraid the enemy can't lay a finger on me without divine permission. Even later on in the narrative, what are we going to find when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane praying and the soldiers come to arrest him? Peter cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant and Jesus heals the fellow. I can call ten legions of angels. Peter, I can call ten legions of Asia. I don't need you wielding a sword. I don't want to be delivered from there. God, is, my Father, is actually going to use them and all of their wicked purpose to accomplish His purpose. And they will usher Him ultimately to the cross. It devastated the apostles, but then He rose from the dead. What do we see with Lazarus? His sisters and the friends of that, of those sisters and of Lazarus are all devastated. They're going to be rejoicing soon. So let's take a lesson from this pattern, shall we? Because God does not answer our prayer according to our wisdom doesn't necessarily mean He's not responding. He can be responding according to his wisdom and his power and his insight. And so we find Jesus going back with the apostles. And here is Thomas, the twin, very interesting fellow. He occurs three times in the narrative when he's first becomes an apostle way back in chapter one. He's discussed and then he here. Thomas is saying, I'm willing to die. Let's let's go and we will die with him. Thomas is emotionally really bonded to Jesus. When Jesus will be crucified and then rises from the dead and he appears to all of the apostles in the upper room, there was one fellow missing. This is the close of John's gospel. One fellow missing. And when the other apostles say to Thomas, Jesus appeared to us, he's risen from the dead. I will not believe that unless I can put my finger in the nail print and my hand in his side. Why? Because Thomas was so emotionally devastated it would take that kind of proof to pull him back. And what will Jesus do? Six days later, he shows up again in the upper room, and Thomas is there. Thomas, reach forward your finger and put it in my, the nail print. Reach forward your hand, and he cried out, my Lord and my God. Jesus met Thomas where Thomas needed to be met. That's how much he cares for. He is specific with each one of us. He is a good shepherd. We find Jesus going, and of course, I read the whole narrative. You know the story, but Jesus goes first. Martha comes to him. She's heard he's on his way. She knows what path he's taking. She meets him. If you had come when we asked you to come, you would have healed my brother, and he would still be alive. But I still trust you. I'm devastated. I'm devastated. I'm devastated. But I know who you are, my faith has not been broken. I still trust you. I still trust you. I still trust you. There's a lesson there for us. Jesus does not rebuke her. He says, your brother will rise from the dead. And of course, she automatically goes to, just as we probably would to. she automatically goes to that Theological framework that she has been instructed on since she was a little girl. Yes, I know that there is ultimately a resurrection coming. Yes, I know he's going to rise on the last day. (laughs) I am the resurrection and the life. Now, that's not new. Jesus has been pointing through John's gospel What's he been doing with the Jewish people? Especially, he's been pointing them to himself. I'm from heaven. I'm from the Father. I'm from heaven. I'm from the Father. All of these signs, all of these works that I do are the proofs, are the proofs, are the proofs. They're my Father's testimony on my behalf. They're the proofs. Examine Examine these acts. Examine, look at the evidence, look at the evidence, look at the evidence well, the evidence is going to take me in a place I don't want to go, so I don't want to look at that. (laughs) But there are other people, by the incitement of the Holy Spirit, what what has Jesus already said? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Despite the cacophony of opposition, they will hear my voice. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who had been married five times, she's now living with a man who's not her husband, she heard Jesus' voice. She heard Jesus' voice. That wealthy man who came to Jesus found him in Cana of Galilee. My son is at home a, day, a, a full day's walk from here in Capernaum. My, my son is on the verge of death. Would you please come and heal him? Your son lives. And the next day, when the man was still on his way home, he met some servants who were coming looking for him. They said, your son lives, your son lives. When did he get better? At such and such a time yesterday. And demand, oh, that is exactly when Jesus said to me, your son lives. So we have the proof, we have the proof, we have the proof, we have the proof Let God's wisdom govern. Let God's wisdom govern. But trust Him, trust Him, trust Him. He will give you an outcome that is beyond your expectation. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live... And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He's not talking about physical death. Once you believed in me and you are alive to the Father, alive to me, alive to the Holy Spirit, that will never go away. Shall never die. You are in the palm of my Father's hand. You shall never die. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. You can't say more than that. You are the authentic, unrestrained, undiluted reality of who God is, the Son of God, who is to come into the world, who is the promised one, promised through our prophets. Then Mary went, found her sister Mary, brought Mary, and we have basically repetition. If you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We know what your ability is. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Be aware of that. What One of the things Satan wants you to think about God is God is just up there as like some guy, you know, just like a scientist walking around in, a, in his laboratory. Okay, observing, observing, observing. Not being emotionally attached. No, God is emotionally attached to us. When we are in sorrow, he is in sorrow. He is with us. And Jesus is. Wept. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. He knew what he was going to do, but he still wept. Then Jesus said, then the Jews said, rather, see how he loved him. This is the Jewish leadership. These are the men who had stayed with Mary and Martha during this time of mourning, they're observing about you. See how Jesus loved Lazarus? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Yeah. But he's got a bigger venture in mind than they had in mind. Then Jesus, again groaning, in himself, came to the tomb. And as you know, they rolled the stone away. Lord, this, by this time, he stinks. Let's not do that. <laughs> by, this, by the way, it's kind of a strange idea, but in the Jewish culture in mind, I've been told, that they had an idea when somebody died that that person's spirit kind of hovered around for about three days. This is the fourth day. Lazarus is by their definition dead, dead, dead. He is beyond any hope. He's dead, dead, dead. By this time he stinks. Roll the stone away. Okay Lord. If you say so. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. I think there was probably a moment's hesitation as people were hyperventilating. (laughs) Finally ran forward and took this stuff off of him. Then many of the Jews, the Jewish leaders, who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. Earlier in John chapter 3, this fellow Nicodemus, member of the Sanhedrin, a Pharisee, the rabbi, the rabbi of Israel, Jesus calls him, came to Jesus by night. He believed. Then later in a passage we've already touched on, he rose up in the Sanhedrin and made it a half-hearted attempt to defend Jesus, got shouted down he will finally be one of the two men who receives the body of Jesus from the cross. But there were many in the Jewish leadership who believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do for this man works? many he said, well, maybe you could believe in him. Maybe you could trust in him. Maybe you could follow him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have as much evidence about the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done as any generation has ever had. Why does not everyone follow him? For the same reason they didn't want to. What they conceived of as their self-interest. In the passage that we read earlier from Isaiah's prophecy, there will be the wicked who will stand up and their cities, they will, in defiance against God, what will, their cities will be destroyed. How did this work out for Caiaphas? Caiaphas is the fellow who's gonna be, hey, don't you know it is better that one man die for the nation than that the nation be destroyed for him? Because the Romans are gonna come and take, All this, they're going to destroy the nation. They're also going to take our criminal enterprise away from us. That's a disaster. How did this work out for Caiaphas? Caiaphas, the day came when he stood before God the Father. The day is coming, ladies and gentlemen, when we will, in that kingdom to come, we will be walking out. These are the last three chapters of the last three verses. Excuse me, of Isaiah. We will be walking in and out of the New Jerusalem on a regular basis. And in the very last verse of Isaiah, it says, "And we will walk by the lake of fire, where the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. And look upon the carcasses." Of those where the worm does not die, always being eaten on, but never eaten up. Where the fire is not quenched, always burning, but never burning up. And there will be Caiaphas. Caiaphas knew that verse. It had been written 700 years before. But Caiaphas thought, oh, I'll be the one who gets away with it. The evidence is present. Told in verse 53, then that day, from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. And the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus while they're in Jerusalem. They've come together for the Passover feast. They stood in the temple. What do you think, that he will not come to the feast? Why wouldn't he come? Because they know that his, there's a threat. The, all of the Jewish people know what the plot is amongst the Jewish leaders. Now, both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, so it's common knowledge, if anyone knew where he was, that he should report it, that they might seize him. And yet what's going to happen? They're going to seize him. They're going to engineer his crucifixion. And what will happen there? The Passover lamb, this is the Passover season. The Passover lamb, as John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Passover lamb will bear the penalty for the sins of Caiaphas, Annas who is his father-in-law, the rightful high priest all of these wicked men and every, the entire human race, he will pay sin's penalty for us. He will take away the sins of the world, giving his Father perfect freedom to forgive, have mercy on, and bring into his welcoming presence all those who simply do one thing, cast themselves on that work of their, his Son on the cross. We're coming now to the Lord's table where we will be commemorating that work is it is it is an a practice that Jesus instituted, that Jesus instituted as a to bring us back to square one, to bring us back to basics every so often, to remind us, okay, this is the this is the basis of your relationship with me, of your welcome with me, is what I did for you on the cross.